Selectability exists to improve the mental well-being of regional Queenslanders and to contribute to suicide prevention. They're a leading provider of NDIS mental health services and partner with state and federal government to deliver vital mental well-being programs. Selectability has joined forces with local cycling crew, Team Jefferson, to raise funds and awareness for mental health, and together they're taking their message coast to coast. The partnership draws on Selectability's commitment to improving the mental well-being of regional Queenslanders and Team Jefferson's goal of riding from Cottesloe Beach, Perth to the steps of the Sydney Opera House in less than six days, 10 hours and 58 minutes. Alan Jefferson is an experienced multi-sport athlete who discovered a passion for race across America. He has a reputation in the triathlon community as a fierce competitor, and with good reason. His list of Ironman races is endless. And Greg Huppets is Team Jefferson's crew chief, managing everyone and everything before, during and after this record-breaking attempt. Greg also determines when Alan will stop, rest and eat throughout the ride, something that needs to be closely scrutinised. Through its participation in RAM events, Team Jefferson raised funds for Beyond Blue, but decided to turn their focus to a local cause, Selectability's Bike Sheds. With over 10 years of experience as a rescue crew officer, Alan Jefferson has seen firsthand the impacts that this kind of work can have on the mental well-being of emergency service personnel. Alan, Greg, thanks for your time. Not a problem, nice to meet you. Now let's start with this one. Why is mental health such an important focus for Team Jefferson? Mental health is becoming more and more prevalent in the society and, you know, even the last... 12 months that we've had with COVID, it's definitely brought things to a head for a lot of people. And even from a personal experience, you know, we we all have to deal with mental health. Some of us deal with good days and bad days, I guess, better than others. And it's those that don't handle the bad days that we need to look after and um, get them on the, I guess, back on the straight and narrow. In the work that we do, frontline emergency services workers, we do see some stuff um, that's not particularly nice, mm. and uh, and we've also seen the effects that that's had on our peers and our workmates, and the detrimental effects that that can have on them and their everyday lives. So, recognising that it's an issue and being able to do something about it for us uh, was just a you know a, a positive step that we thought we could do. So, can you share some of your experiences where you or others have struggled with their mental health? Yeah, look, even from like from a personal level myself, you know, I went through a stage where. I had to go and have a talk to somebody, which was the hardest thing in the world to do, but um, it was the best thing in the world to do. And she was brilliant. She helped me through. And that's where I guess the joining like exercise, because it was one thing that I did love and it gave me the freedom and um, combining that and having a goal at the end of that exercise um, or the training or whatever you're doing was definitely a huge, huge help. And certainly with our uh, with our work as frontline emergency service workers, you know we've seen the detrimental effects that uh, the things that we do have had on other people, uh, our workmates and colleagues, and uh, the way it's impacted uh, some of their lives. Being able to recognise that it's an issue and it's a problem, being able to put your hand up, we do have some pretty good programs in place to assist uh, people with that. But it's um, yeah, it's still very prevalent in the community, very prevalent in the workplace, and the ability to be able to put your hand up and seek help and know that helps there um, is uh, is really why we uh, why we help out and do what we can. So when did you decide to combine your passion for cycling with this cause? Look, I've been around exercise for a long time. I think, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've been outside doing something. And it's just, I guess it's well known that exercise is a great 
medicine for mental health. As I said, from personal experience, I understand how good it can be to get you out of a black hole. Cycling is something that everybody can do. Everybody can get out, enjoy the benefits of the exercise, plus good mental health. When we started um, organising Race Across America, which Alan competed in a number of years ago, we were already planning to go, the team was together, uh, and we were doing all of that. The Race Across America organisers really promote the actual race as a great avenue for fundraising. Just about all of the competitors that compete year after year um, have a charity of some sort, something that's, uh, that um, is dear to them that they're raising funds for. So it was quite an easy fit for us to, uh, to start looking at raising funds for a charity and at that point we settled on the mental health there was some um, some work being done in the mental health space in regard to frontline emergency service workers and uh, their needs and care so uh, yeah it was very easy fit for us to uh, to, to take that on and start uh, start raising money for that uh, for that cause now riding a bike is a great way to keep active but would you agree group riding is also a great way to socialize and stay connected in the community as much as I love riding on my own uh, getting out with a group is is awesome as well I guess I'm a little picky what groups I ride with. So Greg doesn't go with you? <laughs> he does occasionally. I do manage to very, get him out. Very, on very rarely and very, very slowly. <laughs> but we get him out and it is, it's a good fun, it's a great way to chat and you know you can stop for coffee and cake afterwards. When we were doing the last one um, and we were looking towards and we were raising funds for Beyond Blue, um, a couple of people made comments to us and sort of said, yeah, what we think you're doing is great, um, but there are mental health issues in our own community, our own networks, you know, have you thought about something mm. local? So that sort of planted the seed for us to say, well, maybe we can look for something um, that we can we can help out at a local level as, as well as that national level as well. So we just sort of started looking around at, uh, at different organisations in different places uh, around the local area that were looking into that mental health space. And when we came across selectability and the concept that they had for the bike shed, it just dovetailed perfectly into what we were doing. It was already a cycling mix. It was talking about you know getting people together, exercise on the bike. So it was everything that we were already really doing within ourselves and within the team. So it, again, it, it became a very simple sort of phone call to make to sort of say, hey, this is who we are and this is what we're doing. Is there any way that we can work together? And um, and selectability has been great uh, since they've uh, since I've partnered with us. Just fit like a glove, Perfect. like a glove. On Saturday the 21st of August, Team Jefferson will set off from Cottesloe Beach in Perth in an attempt to set a new record. And the man to do it will be Alan Jefferson. Coast to Coast is more than just a bike ride. It's also the chance to set a new record attempt. What's your game plan to beat the previous record, which was set back in 2017? What's the plan? What are you going to do? Um, when we couldn't get to America this year, someone said to me, you need a plan B. So... We looked around and this was our plan B. We're going to ride from Perth to Sydney. And I guess one of the big things was the time of year that you go. Um, that record back in 17 was set back in January, where it's not exactly um, pleasant going across mm. the Nullarbor. It's a little bit hot. Um, we spoke to a weather guy here in town and looked at the winds and such forth and I guess tried to put Mother Nature to work for us, not against us, yeah. um, which is one of the reasons we've chosen um, the dates, the 21st of August, to leave Perth, and hopefully the wind will be at our back. Riding the bike is the big thing. Very easy for us to say, we're sitting in the support car, but time off the bike is what will kill us. Riding across 
a lot of people do it. Getting the record is something that obviously we've set our sights on. Effectively, we've got two minutes shy of 155 hours in which to do this ride, 3,950 kilometres. And just on the raw data alone, uh, you're looking at 25.5 k's an hour average across the whole 155 hours. Alan is going to need some time off the bike. So even if you look at 90 minutes a day off the bike or a couple of 90-minute periods, it uh, it lifts your average up. You, know, you still need to be motoring at about 30 k's an hour for the whole time. So that'll be my job as the crew chief to make sure that we remain on track. If we do have strong winds and we're hoping that we have uh, a fair component of tail winds, uh, it'll be my job to keep Alan on the bike and travelling east and trying to get ourselves in front of that drag curve because we know the weather will change, we know the winds will change, we know that you know, things will go against us, the rain will come or something, breakdowns, things you can't really plan on, but we need to be in front of the drag curve so that if that happens, we do have a little bit of time up our sleeve uh, and still be able to keep that record in sight. So if Alan says, hey, no, I'm right, I want to keep going, and you can get more out of him, is that okay or does he need to stop, need to have a break? Oh, at some point he will need to have a break. Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge ask to, uh, to have someone on the bike for hours like that without having a break. We'll practice that in training and it's something that Alan's done previously. So we know just through experience and through training how far Alan can go. We sort of have some markers that we know when his speed drops off, uh, you know, he starts to get a little bit irritable when his power output sort of drops away. Those sorts of things, you know, you can tell from his riding style. When you're sitting behind someone, you can sort of see their riding style. Uh, you start to see the droop in their shoulders or uh, yeah, their hips starting to move and those sorts of things. So there are markers for us that sort of says, hey, he's starting to struggle a little bit. And that'll be, you know, we'll be looking ahead to sort of say, well, there's hills coming up, we need him to be climbing or we mm. need him onto a different bike or maybe we'll take an opportunity here to take a quick 15-minute break and we'll get his other bike out so he can be climbing through the hills on his climbing bike. Or, hey, the wind's due to change in, in two hours' time. Alan, I just need to push you for another two hours because at the moment we've got 25-kilometre-hour winds behind us and that's going to change, but we need to take advantage of that now. So, But there's a lot of sort of thought that goes into mm. how long we keep him on the bike, his nutrition, you know, his feeding, um, you know, fluid intake, and all of that sort of stuff. It's all a very fine balance. 155 hours is a, is a pretty quick clip uh, to move across the country in, yeah. and, and we'll, need to, we'll need to have our skates on the whole way. We've tried to make this ride as ram-esque as possible so the race across america is the ultimate goal and that's where we'll be heading back hopefully next year if we can travel we've tried to make what's required of alan and the crew as close as possible to what people would be experiencing one of the issues that we had when we went across previously was that we were all brand new none of us had done it before so there was a fair bit of learning on the job and that probably detracted from the crew's performance how we supported alan how we got ourselves ready you know what we needed to do uh, at each of those stops Um, you've only got to lose a minute or two every time you know you have a rolling stop to have lost a couple of hours at the other end. Mm. So it it doesn't take long for that cumulative time off the bike to add up and really, really hurt you. So, Alan, on that training, what sort of training are you doing to get ready for the ride? Um, The big one, and I found, like, having done a lot of um, events over the years, it's actually race simulation. So getting out and just riding your bike for, like, Mm. you know, like a 48-hour stint, just as you would during the ride. And I just set myself up at home have some drink, have my food, and I just roll back in every couple of hours. And it's it's more for the mental game than the physical yeah. um, to actually – the last thing you want to do is get home and get comfortable because that means it's you're going to sit down and you can't afford to do that. Get your stuff, get back out on the road and figure it out 100 metres down the road what you're actually doing out there. And 
it's one of those things that if, if you're figuring out why you're out there during the race, it's too late. You need to have sorted all that out before you get to the start line. And that's part of the training is, is that helping with that mental prep of you're going to go on the hurt box. It's yeah. guaranteed. It just depends how deep you go in that box. From a crew's perspective, you know, knowing when Alan's in that box and knowing what we need to do to get him out of that or to, or to help him through that. Because everyone, as we talked about earlier, everyone has good and bad and it's going to be exactly the same on the bike. It's not necessarily bad for us. We're in the support car. You know, we get hot, we turn the aircon up. We mm. get cold, we turn the heater up. So things aren't quite so bad for us. But it's being able to look at Alan and see what he's doing um, and staying on top of everything that's required. You know, his fluid intake needs to be on song, his food intake, everything needs to be spot on. And you get the best out of me pretty uh, much yeah yeah that's without yeah, pretty, yeah with the minimum time in the hurt locker or without descending into the bowels of that um of that hurt locker you know mm. we, we know that he's going to be there and we know that there are going to be times and days when he's not feeling flash but it's it's how we react to that to get him out so how many kilometers do you expect to cover each day during the ride roughly we need to be at least doing 600 a day 600 k's a day and um which means a lot of time on the bike but mm. it's just a number and whether we get 800 done or whether we get 500, it's the crew's responsibility to make sure that we are on song and we are, we are meeting markers along the way, time markers, distance markers, going, okay, these are okay, we've got some time up our sleeve. You know, the best bit is we start off and we put some, I guess, some kilometres in the bank because at some point down the track I may slow down. We're going to have to call on those to help you know, reinforce the slower periods when I'm struggling. So every 30 k's that we can get in front of the drag curve gives Alan the opportunity for an hour's rest downstream. So, okay. you, you know, yeah. so that's roughly what we're looking at, 30 k's an hour. If we can get ourselves to a point where we're in front of the drag curve or in front of the mile marker by 30 k's, that's one hour of rest time that if I need to drag him off the bike or I say, okay, well, I'm going to drag him off the bike and I'm going to give him a 30-minute break and we're going to be back on the road within 45 minutes, I know that I've just dragged into you know, my curve, my safety factor by a little bit. There might be a little bit left over and we'll build, build on that again. But from a crew's perspective from from my perspective, the race is broken down into four stages and each one of those stages has about 10 different segments uh, and each one's about... You know, roughly sort of 80 to 100 kilometres long each segment. So we know just the raw data is exactly how long that needs to take uh, to get us to staying you know, in front of the drag curve or on mm. record pace. We expect that there will be some segments that will take longer. You know, you're not going to do a climbing segment at the same speed. You'll do a flat segment, for example. So on the areas of that, you know, you might drop off the pace a little bit, but if you've built up a little bit of leeway at the start or uh, or across what we're hoping across another wall will be an area that we have the opportunity to, to get in front of the drag curve uh, in that way. So for you logistically, Greg, I mean, a lot depends on you to get this right for Alan, doesn't it? Yeah. Alan has said that he has the easy job. All he's got to do is ride his bike. Now, I know I think he's sort of, you know, he says that in a flippant way, uh, but in some way he's correct in the sense that we put him on his bike, we point him in the right direction, we're talking to him and all of the other things about when to have a drink, you know, when to have a feed, when to have a break and all of that sort of stuff, a lot of that's done for him. But, yeah, the logistics of moving motorhome and RV, a couple of support vehicles and, uh, you know, 10 support crew constantly moving in an easterly direction at roughly you know 300 kilometers every every 12 hours so the crew are working 12 hour shifts so if you knock off at eight o'clock in the morning for your shift you know you come back on at eight o'clock at night for example you know you, yeah. you have to be 300 k's or 600 k's downstream you know depending on where you are for the day you know those sorts of things mm. it's just the logistics of making sure that we know how far it can go on a tank or where the next fuel available is so you know there are points that we're going to have to say to our 
no, you, you, know, you need to go ahead on your own or you need to roll out of here um, and we'll pick or you up in 20k. Or I stop. I have to stop on the side of the road. If it's yeah. the middle of the night, I'm not going down the road without a support vehicle behind me. Yeah. So right. it's going to, all right, it's going to cost me five or ten minutes, but it's a whole lot easier that way than the alternative. Yeah. Mm. yeah not only my, my job is looking after Alan and making sure that Alan is in a condition that, that riding um, isn't an issue, if the crew are tired, if the crew are fatigued, it becomes more of a problem because, you know, unfortunately, race across America, it's happened where crews have actually ridden over their cyclist in the middle of the night because they've been tired and fatigued and they've fallen asleep at the wheel. And but that's part of the part of the job that I have to ensure that the crew who are behind Alan for that twelve-hour period are, are safe and are functioning and are, are well fed and hydrated and and rested so that they can get out there and do twelve hours worth of work. We never know what's going to happen, so the only sure thing about this is the start line. So we, yeah. know, we know where that is and we know what time it is. Uh, what happens after that? We're hopeful that everything will go well and we're hopeful that Alan will have a good ride. But, you know, we could roll 100 metres down the road and have a flat. Alan will be taking a specific food, you know, he'll be not just, we won't just be pulling up to a roadhouse and getting him a pie. We've got to make sure that the food that we've got, um, that we've got enough to get Alan from one side of the country to the other. So that's the sort of thing, because I can guarantee, you know, at the middle of the Nullarbor Plain, we're not going to be able to buy the highly dense protein foods that he needs having it all ready beforehand, having it all loaded into the vehicles and then having it in that, as I said, that rolling convoy. Alan, how satisfying will it be to make it to Sydney knowing you've done your bit to make a difference to people's lives by raising awareness for mental health? Look, I've crossed many finish, finish lines in my time and yep. each one is, is special on its own and the Sydney one will be very special. Yes, it's going to take a little bit of hard work on my part, but I guess there are. I have to keep that in proportion to what other people are facing out there each and every day. So if I can make a difference in somebody's life and they can look at me and go, wow, if he can do that, I can get out of bed, I can mm. get up, I can go and meet somebody, that would bring more satisfaction than sitting down on the steps at the Sydney Opera House. What do you see as the benefits of riding a bike? Um, I guess not only from the physical side of it. We're a nation that's getting, I guess, more obese each year that goes by. But also the, I guess, the mental health. Like, it's, it's as much as I enjoy riding and I enjoy that, that me time, I can actually switch off, I can deal with stuff. And, you know, you can go out the door with a problem on your mind and come back an hour later, 30 minutes later six hours later it's all back in perspective it just it just makes life a little bit easier and it's one thing that i have that i will remind the crew as we're actually crossing the country to make me sit up and look up and look around and see where you are and just remind yourself of why you're actually out here you lose that sometimes well alan greg thanks for your time not a problem thank you very much jason thanks very much for having us Selectability will use the money raised to continue operating its bike sheds and providing locals with an inclusive space to connect, get active and improve their mental well-being. We would like to thank these businesses for their in-kind or cash donations. Brothers Leagues Club, I&I Services, Zip Zip Electrical, Shepherd Lawns and Gardens, Voltec Services, Focused Healthcare, Cameron & Co and Joyce Main. To donate, support and track Team Jefferson's progress on the coast-to-coast bike ride, visit selectability.com.au. Listen to more podcasts like this one at selectability.com.au and learn about the many programs and services to improve the mental well-being of regional Queenslanders and contribute to suicide prevention.